off the band-aid we're discussing controversial disney topics through interviews and personal experiences let's dive into the magic hi everybody i'm krista and i'm paige and for this episode we're going to be talking about ariel and more specifically how controlling her dad was okay so the story of the little mermaid so it starts off with ariel i think she's like a 16 years old Um, she's shown as very rebellious against her father and his wishes. Um, she's very curious, like, she likes, um, she's very curious about, like, the human world, so she tries to find things, and, like, she has her collection of everything, of, like, spoons and forks. And then a shipwreck happens, and she finds, she meets the prince for the first time, um, Prince Eric, and she falls in love with him. Like, all good stories. Um, yeah, without even... I don't even think they spoke to each other. But... <laughs> um, and then... Um, now she's determined to sort of see him again and be with him. And, and she really has, like, a strong, like, curiosity towards, like, the human world. Yeah, that sort of drives uh, like, all of her decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she meets Ursula, which is the sea witch... Um, it makes a deal with her that she gives Ursula her voice, she has a beautiful singing voice, for three days, and she will give Ariel legs to be able to be with her prince, and if he kisses her at sunset on the third day, then she can stay with him, give her her voice back, her legs back, and everything. Um... Of course, it doesn't go as planned. Yeah, it definitely uh, does not go as planned. There's a bunch of stuff that happens. Ursula shows up in, like, another, fo- like, in as a beautiful woman to, like, kind of win Prince Eric. And, um, so Sebastian, the little crab, the bro of this whole movie, um, kind of helps her along the way. And then eventually, um, her dad kind of helps her out and is like, you know what? I'll grant you what you want because I'm King Triton and I'm the king of the sea. And it all works out in the end like every movie, as you know. Yeah, Ursula sees how um, Ariel and Ed- Eric are starting to fall in love even though she doesn't have a voice. So that's when she sort of steps in. I feel like her overall goal is to have Ariel... Um, get Ariel's soul in the end, so King Triton, she's gonna have to make a deal with King Triton to get Ariel back, so then Ursula can get what she wants, power, the throne, whatever she wants. You know, what all good villains want. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so then he starts, he's about to marry the Ursula, like the fem- like the human Ursula. Yeah, Prince Eric. Yep. And then, I haven't watched the movie in, like, a hot minute, so 
So now we are at the wedding of Eric and the fake Ursula. And they're on a boat um, having their wedding. And then Ariel finds out that it's Ursula, who is the woman that Eric fell in love with. Because of the seagull. Uh, what did we decide? Yeah, our, our, the seagull scuttle. scuttle tells her. So Another troop. She gets on the boat and... Ursula has this shell necklace that has Ariel's voice in it, which is how how she got Eric to fall in love with her because it's Ariel's voice. So then Ariel rips off the necklace. No, no, no. The animals rip it off. The animals rip it off. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Ariel gets her voice back, and then Eric falls back in love with her. But now... But- Ursula still controls her because the sun is setting and they didn't kiss in time. Yeah, they were right about, they were just about to and then the sun set. It was very frustrating. So then Ariel turns back into a mermaid. And goes with Ursula and King Trident finds out. And he sacrifices himself to save her. And Ursula ends up with his crown and his trident, which are the things she originally. So now she's like like queen of the ocean. She turns into a giant, like, octopus Ursula thing. Yeah, huge. And starts, like, (laughs) sucking in ships and, like, causing shipwrecks. And Eric literally stabs her through the abdomen (laughs) with this ship. Like, the Um, pointy part of the ship. Oh, my God. It was so epic. Yeah, the the front. And then (laughs) she dies. And all of the little, like, souls that she's taking control of are released. And Trident is one of them. And then he sees how much Ariel and Eric really do love each other. And so he allows her to become human and live on land. And then it ends with their wedding. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl? The girl who has everything. Look at this trove. Treasures untold. How many wonders can one cavern hold? Looking around here, you think, sure, she's got everything. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. So now we're going to focus um, specifically on King Trident. um, Because I feel like a lot of his actions and his choices as a parent influenced... The actions of Ariel. Totally. Like, he was so controlling. Sometimes, if you're going to be a rebellious kid, you're going to be a rebellious kid. But how the parent interacts with that is definitely a huge part of how you turn out and how you um, do stuff. So we did a little bit of research on, like, different parenting styles. So we have, like, authoritative... um, has expectations but is understanding um so they're kind of they are in charge of you but they also like very much understand what's going on um in your life and like really listens to you then there's like authoritarian and so they have super high expectations expect so much but they don't they aren't really responsive to how you're feeling necessarily sometimes um permissive um they don't really have as many expectations and are super easygoing and growing up i can think of like 10 in each of those categories off the top of my head of my like friends who have those kind of parents um 
I, I feel like ideally you want to have an authoritative parent who's understanding but still has expectations for you. And having a parent who's more authoritarian or more permissive um, is just not ideal. You don't yeah, want one I or the have, other. You want a mixture of both. I, like, distinctly have, like, one friend in mind whose parents are very authoritarian. Um, they expect so much from her. And, like, I, obviously I only hear from her side of the story. Like, there's obviously the parent side of the story. Um, but... They, she, like, expects so much. She actually has, like, developed anxiety over it and, like, all these things because her parents expect so much from her. She, like, doesn't really do extracurricular activities. She's, like, always focused on grades or at least in high school um, and, like, was always focused on stuff. And then she went to college and she obviously still got her work done and she's, like, a good kid overall. But, like, she was partying all the time and, like, doing all kinds of stuff and it was kind of, like, whoa, bro, like, calm down. Yeah. Um, and then I definitely have seen people who have permissive parents that, like, their parents just don't care, so they don't necessarily care either, and they're very, like, sometimes at a risky behavior, or they don't think their parents really care about anything that they do. Um, yeah. And that sometimes just, like, sucks in I general. feel like having a permissive parent also doesn't set um, sort of, like, a respect for your parent. Yeah. So the child doesn't really have respect for... A, like authority like if um for like a teacher or something they really just don't have respect for them and don't understand that like they need to listen to them mm-hmm. I think Trident was definitely an authoritarian he was like super he told her what was going to happen and what she had to do and he never like listened to what her feelings were or like considered her side of it and I think that's super that really helped like kind of influenced her instead of like having a little bit of leeway and maybe letting her go see what the human world was like and being able to do that. She might've been a little bit less curious and a little less risky with like just throwing her literal soul around, you know? Yeah. One scene in uh, specifically is she has a whole collection of all of the things that she finds from the human world and he finds it and gets so angry and destroys everything. And she's, like, spent her whole life finding these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one and one instant where he sees her crying and sort of feels bad, but then just doesn't think about it and keeps walking away. Yeah, I think that was a huge tipping point. It was just, like, that. And then on the point of, like, parenting styles, um, my mom is a first-grade teacher, so she sees these a lot. And um, there's also, like new terms for different parents so there's like the helicopter parents that like will don't let their kids um find anything like bad I don't know if that really explains it all but like they swoop in and they pick their kid up when something's going wrong and so there's another shelter one that's like them a, from yeah, anything and then, like, bad parents make it so kids never have to even consider like any kind of problems and they make everything easier for them and that really changes a kid also that's kind of a totally different style of parenting but they almost make it worse for their kids because their kids don't learn like discipline and respect and are you joking me mom we're gonna have to start this all and they don't like let them learn perseverance it really kind of messes up their drive to do anything on their own especially when parents like do everything for them so when they get into the real world it really messes them up so those are like kind of 
different styles of parents. I know right now, being home from college, my parents are a little extra um, watching everything that I'm doing. Um, Like, my mom, I'll be in class and my mom will just, like, try to talk to me. I'm like, bro, you can't talk to me right now. I'm doing something. And so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like my parents are probably authoritative in the sense, like, they have expectations for me. Like, I do have a curfew and, like, it can't be disrespectful toward them in any way and stuff like that. But, like, they do listen to me and, like, we do have a good relationship. So I feel like my parents are pretty good in that sense. Yeah, I'd say my parents are also on the authoritative. Um, They're super chill. Like, I don't think I've ever really had a curfew. I've never been one to, like, go out and do stuff that much. But, like, it could be, like, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. And I'd be like, yo, I'm going to get some ice cream. And they're like, okay, don't die. (laughs) But, like, they definitely have expectations for me and expect quite a bit for me, but also, like, understand when there's, like, a lot going on and are, like, really cool. They're actually some of my best friends that I, like, tell them everything. And I think that's really important is, like, as a kid being able to talk to your parents about literally anything that, like, really helps you in the long run. I feel like Trident could have um, seen how she has a fascination with the human world. So I feel like he could have, like, told her about it, maybe let her keep a couple things. So to not drive her curiosity more to where she, like, risks her life trying to, yeah. like, Yeah, I think surface. he could have been more, like, respectful and responsive of what she was feeling. You know, he was very, like, no, it's my way or the highway. Like, you have to do what I say because my, like, I know better. And he didn't explain to her, like, why he knows better. I think that's a big thing that my parents were, like, usually really good about where they explained why these things were the way they were. They mm-hmm. didn't just, like tell me like no you can't do this they were like no because so I think that really I think that would have changed the storyline yeah definitely. obviously they don't want to change the storyline but that could have changed the storyline yeah I feel like it it also sort of shows kids that to like almost rebel against your parents yeah I think it kind of shades parents in a bad light I think by the end it kind of is showing, like, almost, uh, like, King Trident's arc is good. Um, and so I think they could have almost hit more on King Trident come, kind of realizing it. I feel like they just kind of throw it at the end, like, oh, you do love him. Here you go. Instead of him, like, really having a conversation with her and, like, really, like, talking about it and stuff. He's kind of just like, okay, cool. Yeah, and he just gives her legs and is sort of, like, rewarding her bad re- behavior. So mm-hmm. I feel like he could have, like explain why she shouldn't have done that like what she's gonna do later and then acknowledges how she does really like him and then maybe reward her yeah and also like she's literally 16 when you think about some of these like disney movies and disney stuff like the characters are supposed to be 16 and like what they do at 16 i'm like wow that's crazy yeah (laughs) now we're gonna go over to our interview with natalie dillon and get her perspective on controlling parents and what her family like was life when she was growing up. On to our third uh, movie podcasting, um, Ariel, and we're going more from the protective parent view of things. Um, how do you feel your parents? Do you think your parents were like 
compared to your friends, like, growing up, how do you feel your parents were, like, super overprotective in the middle, like, not very... I wouldn't say not very protective because all parents are protective, but, like, a lot more chill. Yeah, like, more lenient. Yeah. Um, well, growing up, a lot of, like I said, I'm the oldest Mm -hmm. of four, so I'm kind of the guinea pig Mm -hmm. when it comes to everything, and my, growing up, a lot of my friends either weren't the oldest or they, or, like, they were boys. It's obviously different Mm -hmm. parenting a daughter and a son, and I do feel like there were times where my parents were kind of being really annoying about things and definitely wouldn't do things the same way as some of my friends' parents did. But um, I don't know. I wouldn't say they were too overprotective. I think they were just scared because Mm -hmm. when they were growing up, things were so different and everything seemed more safe. And I think my parents with me being the first, they had a harder time. I'm very independent Mm -hmm. and they didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And they didn't, they had a hard time kind of accepting that I am gonna not involve them in things and like do things on my own. And they kind of had to adjust to the fact that they needed to let me go and Mm -hmm. let me do things on my own. And I think in that aspect, they wanted me to come to them with things and include them and tell them things and involve them. And when I didn't, it almost made them not shelter me, but, like, hold me back more from doing other things that my friends would do. Um, Yeah. Do you think um, because your parents were so protective, you got better at, like, lying and sneaking out? Like, I don't know if you ever... They do say that the the most sheltered kids are the... But not even just, like, sheltered, but, like, because your parents... Did your parents say no a lot to you? Like, if you asked to go out, would they say no? Or were they more, like... Well, after a certain point, I kind of just stopped asking because I knew what the answer was going to be. But also, my parents... Well, my mom. I shouldn't involve my dad, too. My mom um, has... She gets super freaked out. And for some reason, she thinks that if she tracks my phone, if I were to get abducted, she'd be able to find me. Which, the phone would be the first thing to go, I think. But... (laughs) Um, she, it gives her peace of mind. So they tracked me and there were a lot of times where I would just turn it off or like be like, yeah, my, I don't have service. My phone's just not working. <laughs> but really I'd be somewhere that she just didn't want me mm-hmm. to go to. But I didn't, I was a, like, I didn't do anything bad. Like yeah. I was never a kid that they really needed to worry about, mm-hmm. which would make me more mad when they wouldn't trust me with things Mm -hmm. because I am super trustworthy. So that would bother me, which would just kind of make me want to do it more. Um, But yeah, I don't think, I mean, I never did anything like bad. I would just go, like if my mom didn't want me to go to my boyfriend's house or something and I did, then I would just go and then she'd Mm -hmm. be mad. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was a little crazy about those sort of things. But, and my dad would only get involved when my mom was really mad. Mm-hmm. at me other times he'd be like Kim you're being stupid like you sound insane right now you need to stop but like even now they'll still track me and I still have to tell my mom to be like where are you going like where why why does it say you're not in your dorm I'm like okay well it's the weekend and you're not really supposed to know if I don't want to tell you what I did over the weekend I shouldn't have to mm-hmm. and if you ask me like you can ask Paige there are times where she'll call and I'd be like mom this is what we're doing this is where we're going this is who we're going with that's all the information that you're getting if you text me more than three times I'm not answering I'm alive I'm ignoring you so <laughs> she so like I have to do that sometimes because she's still learning mm-hmm. and I mean I'm still learning so 
she's still learning. But I do think that if they were a little bit more lenient, decisions that I have made in the past would have been different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think, so, I don't know, obviously we talked about that, um, like, parents saying no to you. Do you think your parents were almost like, you know, like, helicopter parents, or like the new one, my mom's first grade teacher, so the new one is snowplow parents, where the parents just, like, move every obstacle out of the way. Do you think your parents were that, or are they more of just, like, trying to control you? Not... Not control you, but, like, protect you more, I guess. Um, I think they definitely tried, but like I said, I am very independent, and I do like having a sense of accomplishment mm -hmm. when you do something on your own. There are definitely some situations where I've been like, please, like, help, like, help me do this, and they have, but the whole college process, I did that by mm -hmm. myself. Like, I set up everything like that. I did my scholarships by myself and I'll get phone calls from my mom now trying to help my sister. She's like, I don't understand. Like what you didn't have to do this. I'm like, no, I did. You just didn't have to do it. So I think, I think it also depends on the kid. Like mm -hmm. they're more like that with my younger, my uh, younger sister, the second oldest, mm -hmm. because she just, she does depend on them more Yeah, and she does want them to do more things for her. But I don't know. Sometimes when I go home, I kind I know that they miss me, so I use it to my advantage. So if my mom's like, "Oh, like, do you want to go out for lunch?" I'm like, "Sure, you can buy me food." Like I, things like that, I guess. But I don't think they didn't really have to do anything for me, mm -hmm. unless I was sick or something. But yeah. other than that, no, they didn't hand me things. I mm -hmm. guess I worked for it. Do you, did you when you first came to college? Did you almost feel like? overwhelmed with the amount of freedom I know your parents said that you you said that your parents still like check up on you and like make sure you're mm -hmm. like still kind of track you but did you feel overwhelmed or like relieved with the amount of freedom once you got to college like did your feelings like change about your parents when you got to college um I wouldn't say I was overwhelmed with the amount of freedom because I remember being at home some days when my mom would be like mad at me for something and mm -hmm. I'd be like oh, I just can't like I just can't wait to get there and not have to deal with that every day. I deal with her coming home and be like, rah, rah, rah. so I wouldn't. I was relieved. I think that I got to have more freedom and got to do things when I wanted to do them. I guess not that I like. I said like if I said I was going somewhere, I was going there. If I went somewhere and I I just wouldn't that I wasn't supposed to go I just wouldn't say I was going like I just wouldn't say anything I just leave so I think I don't know I I didn't feel overwhelmed with it did my feelings about my parents change no my mom just my mom will talk to me every day and be like I miss you I'm like mm. and she's like you don't miss me I'm like no I talk to you every day and I saw you three days ago I can't miss you like you're here all the time so do your parents show up to college a lot? No, they no. they came up they come up a couple weekends. Mm -hmm. It's mostly they came up a lot. We had a lot of family things that I needed to go home for in yeah. the first semester. So that was a different situation mm -hmm. that normally like if those things hadn't happened, I don't think I would have either gone home or them come up here. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't. I mean, I talk to my mom more, I guess, because I kind of feel obligated to, because, <laughs> I don't know, she calls me a lot, but, yeah. Um, Do you miss your parents, though? I mean, Because I feel like usually, thing... like, distance makes the heart grow fonder. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? I guess, but I don't really feel that distant from them. I'm only like an hour and 15 minutes away. And I also know that if I needed to go home, I could and I probably would. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm very independent and I didn't really rely on them that much for things at home. So I feel like the, like, I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like people who relied on that relationship with their parents more or just their parents more miss having them around more. And I wouldn't say that I relied on them really that much at all. And I think that's probably why I don't feel... Like, oh, I miss them. Mm-hmm. I want to go home. I miss my, my siblings. <laughs> yeah, but. when my sister went to college, I was like, get out, have fun, <laughs> goodbye. And then, nah, it's, it was the best living home alone. Just yeah. kidding. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> but not that much. Yeah. I, I definitely miss... I miss. I feel bad when my when my brother will call me or like text me and be like, "I miss you. Please come home." Mom's driving me crazy. I'm like, "No, sorry, it's not my problem anymore." Yeah. So yeah, I do miss them, but I'm not like again, like I'm not very far away. Mm-hmm. So. Strings, wings, words. Yeah, you see her. Sitting there across the way She don't got a lot to say But there's something about her And you don't know why But you're dying to try You wanna kiss the girl Did you hear something? Yes, you want her Um, so now we kind of want to talk about uh, how different genders go into parenting styles and also kind of like where you are in the list of like firstborn, middle child, younger siblings. Unfortunately, both of us are the younger siblings, so that doesn't give a great perspective completely. But um, our friend Pat, we interviewed him about different genders and he kind of hits on that point. So you'll hear from him in a little bit. But I definitely think... Um, parents parent different towards like a boy or a girl um I know like um my friend Victoria her family um owns a car dealership and growing up she was never well not growing up once she got her license she was never allowed to drive the dealer plate cars so like if they had a dealer plate car on them she couldn't drive them until she was 18 but I like saw her brother just the other day who's like 17 or something like that driving around in a dealer play car and I thought that was kind of interesting that they kind of gave him a little bit more leeway than her yeah I feel like parents also they don't they they always say they treat every kid equally but in reality I feel like there's sort of a trend with every parent that the younger you go the more relaxed you get you're obviously a little bit more protective over a female than a male but it's just funny how parents don't see that yeah I think especially going with the um as they get like the younger siblings I think some of that is because the parents at that point are like yeah the first one survived you know like the your first kid is almost like your experimental child you're a lot more worried you like don't know what their outcomes will be and then once you see like oh they survived this like the younger sibling isn't as big of a deal at least from like a younger sibling sense I think my parents for the most part did a pretty good job like what my sister got to do, I kind of was similar, but she would probably have a very different opinion on that. She would say that I was allowed to do a lot more. 
my the huge thing in my family is I'm the only girl. I have two older brothers. Um, so my brothers definitely feel like I get away with a lot of things. Like they always have to do yard work with my dad when I just have to clean inside with my mom. Like there's definitely a stereotype there where I don't like my dad won't ask me to help him with the yard work. Like they'll ask my brothers and they'll be like, well, why doesn't Paige have to do it? (laughs) It's they sort of are sticking to that stereotype that like women kind of do the inside work and men do the outside work. No, my parents, because it's just me and my sister, so we don't have, I don't have a brother, so my dad kind of, whichever one is around, he's like, hey, your turn, sucks to be you, come help me do stuff, um, but I think there's a difference, like, um, they were a lot more lenient, like, I could, literally, they would be sleeping, and I'd be, like, in the middle of doing homework late at night during high school, and I'd, like, want to go get ice cream, or want to go, like, I was hungry or something, and we didn't have it in the house, and I'd literally as they were sleeping like run into their bedroom and be like hey i'm gonna go outside and like i'm leaving to go grab something and be like okay whatever let us know when you're home where my sister like definitely would not have been allowed to do that yeah and again the gender thing's huge in my family especially with um like dating is Mm. huge (laughs) because especially with my dad like if my brothers ever had, like, a girlfriend or something, they would always, like, allow them to be, like, left alone, and, like, uh, my dad was always so proud, like, oh my god, like, my boy's got a girlfriend, but if I have a boyfriend, so when he comes over, my dad's kind of, like, doesn't really let us be alone at all, and is kind of super, like, always watching, and, and he, he even told me, he's like, it's really hard to be like, oh, I'm so proud of you, like, He's he has more of like a defense than being proud like he would with my brothers. Now we're gonna head over to our interview with Patrick Hall to get his perspective on what his parents were like and how gender played a role on how his parents treated his sister versus him. Yes. Yes. Are you lying? No. Did your okay? <laughs> did your parents say no to you a lot? Uh, my parents were divorced. Okay. Uh, so. No, I don't really think so. No, so they weren't. Are they? Weren't? I, I just did a lot of things. <laughs> did you just not tell them about stuff? I was a good one. I'm the good one. My sister's a bad one. <laughs> okay. I do things without asking though. They well, don't really care. Okay. Wait, so you do consider your parents overprotective though? Of my of both of us, but. They're more lax with me. Yeah. Why I, do you think that is? Because they trust me more. Because I don't get in trouble. So okay. were you not like overwhelmed by like the amount of freedom you got when you came to college? Because like no, I was. It's because the like, only change for me was my mom not cooking for me and sharing a room with someone. No problem. Nice. Did you share? Wait, you have a sister and I did not share a room. With her. I know. <laughs> so you have a sister and a brother. No, no. Who did you share a room with? That's it. That's it. The only change for me is sharing a room. Oh, oh now you share, share a room. Share a room. Okay. <laughs> I was so okay. confused. confused. We were all confused on that one. So, do um. you feel that your parents are? You feel that they're more lenient with you because you don't get in trouble. Your sister does. You think that's the only reason yeah. why? I don't want to trash talk my sister. <laughs> no, no. I'm do you kidding. think some of it could do with that you're a boy and she's a girl? Yeah. Or do you think it's because you're older and she's younger? I think it's because my sister doesn't really. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not like he's a, a bad kid. I mean, 
Okay, we're gonna switch to a different one. <laughs> I um, guess so. I guess so. Uh, sure. We're gonna switch. My da- oh, okay. I'll get into it. My dad definitely is more protective of my sister. Okay. He de- he talks to her more. He has like more like parent moments with her. Like with him, I'm just like, so. Okay. <laughs> um. So. We're going to switch to a different one because Ariel's not really working out. Um, I like Ariel. Wait, wait, hold on. I have another question. Oh, okay. Go for it. So, since your parents are, like, strict with your sister, do you think, like, she has to be, like, more sneaky around them because they're over- so overprotective? Definitely. Uh, she sneaks out of the house a lot. I, I just walk out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. She has, like, a boyfriend, and he's, like, they're very, like... So she has to find, like, sneaky ways to, like, get around. Yeah, them. they know about the boyfriend, but they're, like, they don't like it. Well, they like it, but it's... It's complicated. It's complicated. It's definitely like, yeah, she definitely does sneakier stuff than I do. Did you think that anytime you, do you feel like you would have to sneak out or do you think your parents would just say like, you're fine to leave? Or do your parents even like check up on you to ask if you leave? Uh, as long as I'm home at my like, like Whatever I could sleep over someone's house and they don't really. When you got to college, do you think like your first weekend out that that influenced you or do you think do you think because you were able to have so much freedom growing up that, like, being in college and, like, the new experiences didn't really affect you? Um, new people. That was definitely new experiences, I guess, yeah. Um, I went out on the weekends at home. Mm-hmm. But Do you think because you went out on the weekends and you had those experiences growing up, you didn't, like, necessarily care as much about going out here? Yeah. It was like, it wasn't... It wasn't me. anything new. So I, I was just, just like, excited, whatever. like, new people. That's really... Okay, It wasn't, cool. like, party. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to switch. If you're okay with it, um, with us talking about, like, financial stuff. You obviously like Disney movies as a kid. So looking at Disney movies now from, like, as a college student, um, like, more education, like, do you see any, like, controversial things in there in like the originals yeah yeah i guess you can say that about any movie though yeah any movie that's made you can look at it 20 years later or whatever any movies in particular uh, that you find like, that's do you have like an example controversial hmm. oh the little mermaid um ariel that's her name <laughs> she gives up her voice for legs for a guy. For a guy. <laughs> that she hasn't met. That she hasn't met. <laughs> and if you look it up, is a lot older than her. <laughs> and probably shouldn't be legal. And that's weird because. For showing the kids. Because that's. They're trying to teach that as a lesson. Mm-hmm. So, like. Kind of going in the future, like if you were to have kids, would you want to show them movies like that, knowing the controversial issues that come with it? Yeah. So Just because I watched them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show my kids every single movie. <laughs> um, do you think that kids understand the life lessons in these movies? Depends if they're being reinforced by the parents.
Be child. That's what I do. It's what I live for. To help unfortunate merfolk like yourselves. Poor souls with no one else to turn to. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty. They weren't kidding when they called me well a witch. But you'll find that nowadays I've mended all my ways, repented, seen the light, and made a switch. So this story was definitely fun-loving and dramatic and definitely kept our attention, but there were some parts in the movie that um, kind of made us question, specifically the relationships within this story with Eric and Ariel and Eric and the fake Ursula. Um, Because it seemed to, they seemed to fall in love very easily, very quickly, and also a very young age. And they just kind of, like, accepted it. Like, oh, this lady just has this random voice that sounds good. Yeah, I'll marry you. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and I also know, I don't know exactly, but I know that Eric's age is a lot um, older than Ariel. Mm-hmm. And in that, and that, I guess it, I feel like back then it was kind of a big deal, age. Um, I think the age difference, I don't know, I don't know when this technically was, like, set, what, like, year and stuff, but there definitely used to be bigger age gaps, but now, like, as a kid being like, oh, it's okay to just, you know, do whatever, uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird thinking like that. Yeah, and I know that when Ariel was on land with legs, she didn't have a voice. But her and Eric, like, fell in love, and, like, I don't understand how you can fall in love and want to marry someone who you haven't even talked to. Yeah, I mean, like, don't know anything about, just kind of like, yeah, you look pretty, here you go. Yeah, and then same with Ursula, I think he married her in, like, one day. And yeah, just think, because she had, voice. like, a beautiful singing voice. Yeah. It's kind of weird and kind of portrays, like, some of the other movies we talk about, portrays kind of, like, a weird um, normal for kids that, like, you can you can just do that. And I think it kind of sets up weird expectations later on in life. Yeah, it also probably think it shows kids that, like, you can just fall in love so easily. And mm-hmm. how, like, also appearance is such a huge thing, too. Like, you don't... Like, they didn't even talk, but they fell in love. Yeah. I think that definitely is true. Like, I didn't even think about that. It definitely shows, like, very much appearance. Like, obviously, Vanessa, like... So, the fake Ursula is called Vanessa is um, beautiful and, like, Ariel beautiful. But, like, he basically just marries them without even considering it. And... And that kind of shows that, like, beauty takes precedent over, like, what's inside. Yeah, and if you're going to marry someone and be with them for the rest of their life, you want to at least, like, enjoy their personality and being with them, not just their looks. And at the very end, it's just, like, skips over. Like, you don't know how long it is between when Trident grants her to stay on land and when they get married. Like, it could be, like, hours. Who knows? Yeah. It it seemed like that, um, how the movie portrayed it, is that they, like, got married, like, the next day. So, that's all we have for you guys for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Um, I hope you guys really thought about parenting styles. If you're a parent, what's your parenting style? Um, really reflected on some stuff, reflected on love and like falling in love with people and personalities. Um, maybe reflected on evil witch monsters in the sea. Um, this is our last episode. We are done. I hope you guys really enjoyed these three episodes and learned something from them, gained something from them, maybe a new appreciation for Disney movies. Um, but we hope that you guys enjoyed and thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us. Thanks for tuning in. Catch us next episode to listen to another fairy tale that's not what it seems. Production manager and co-host Paige Butler. Writer, co-host Krista Carr. Audio engineer, Terrell Jacobs-Babson. Researcher, Huma Nagai. Community manager, Lauren Benarzik.